Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Um, so I want, I want to say something uh, this morning. It is our two-year anniversary of Waterhouse Church. I'm excited. And, and, and it's been a wonderful two years. It's been a ride, man. It has been uh, just an adventure. And it seems like so much longer than two years. Because I'm looking, I'm like, it's only been two years? It seems like 20 years, man. It's been, it's been uh, you know, we've, we shut down the pandemic, and God was still faithful even during that time. And we, we still grew. And, and, you know, we are moving forward and, and allowing God to just use us in a, an amazing way. And I just want to, I want to maybe point you out today. If, if you've started coming here within the last two years, just raise your hands. You started coming here for the last two years. Okay. Way more than half people. And there's still a lot that haven't. And so I'm telling you just in the last two years, man, it has been a shift and it's been awesome. And God is doing amazing things through us. And I can't wait for God to do more. Everybody say more. Come on, you got to say more like you mean it. More. One more try. Come on, take a deep breath. More. There you go. Good. You know, you didn't know you had that in you, did you? You're like, eh, more, more, more. But see, it's when you stretch those lungs, the capacity in the lungs opens up, and then you're able to say it a little louder and a little harder. And I think that that's what we need to do. If we're, if we're going to see more, if we're going to do more, if, if God's going to, to do more in us as a church, we're going to have to stretch a little, right? We're going to have to have a little capacity uh, to, to hold on to what God wants to do. And I, I truly believe that God wants to do more and more through us as a church. And, I, and I've been praying this year for a word for the church. And, and the word I got this year was double portion, because I believe God wants to do a double portion not of all the bad stuff, but of, and then, hey, that may come with it, but, but we're going to be able to handle it. But a double portion of God's spirit, a double portion of God's, uh, his, his love in our life, man. And I was praying, I'll tell you where this came from. I was praying over here for the baptisms we're going to do today. And I'm like, God, thank you so many. Thank you for so many people that have been baptized in the last year or two years. God, I want to see more of that. God, give us more of that. Give us more ability to reach these people. God, give it double that, double that double the, the amount of baptisms, double the amount of people we're able to reach in there. And then I started walking around. I'm like, why stop there? God, double the amount of people on the worship team and just double the amount of people that are, that are uh, serving and giving and doing. And God, double our influence in the community. God, double that. God, give us a double portion to, to, to pour out into the community because really that's what we're about at this church. And, and we have four founding principles, four, four values that we really try to hold on to and really try to live up to. And, and those four values are this. First, we, we renew minds and hearts. I don't know if you have it up there. Good. We renew hearts and minds by the word of God. We go by the word of God. If this says it, we teach it. If it doesn't say it, we don't teach it. 
We, we look at the word of God and we let it penetrate our hearts and let it penetrate our minds and, and it shifts us, it changes us, it makes us into who God created us to be and we get a revelation of who God is through his word. And so everything we do as a church is based on his word. That's the foundation. And then we restore lives. Man, I'm telling you, it's been, it's been, it's awesome for when people give me emails and not the bad ones. You know, sometimes pastors get the emails like, hey, pastor, you know, but I, I get some really good emails and I get some really good texts. And I'm like, man, you, you can't believe what God has done in my life for the last, you know, two, three months, years. I, we've seen marriages restored. We've seen people healed. You know, it's kind of like that song. We've, we've seen all God doing so many amazing things through us. And, and you know, I was just talking to somebody last year and they, a few weeks ago, and they were talking about how God has changed their life. Like they're so much a different person than they were a year ago. And it's because we as a church family gathered around them and we prayed for them and we poured into them. And it's us as a church doing that more and more and more. I'm like, God, give us more of that. Give us more of that. Let us restore more lives, God, through your, through your spirit and through this church. And then refresh others through authentic relationships. Man, there's something beautiful about the people of God when they come together and I love seeing it in the morning when the worship teams comes in. They're just having a good time and they're and they're kind of joking around and you know we're making fun of Marjorie because she's like I don't know what I'm going to say but uh, but there's just there's a kinship there's an uh, there's an authentic you, know, you just be yourself you know and I pray that as a church we can just be ourselves and you know we don't have to hide anything this is who I am and 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 just help me to be what God has wants me to be I think that we we can really truly have authentic relationships. And, you know, the thing about after church, I got to kick you guys out of here. I'm hungry. It's like 12 o'clock and you're all congregating. You're all talking still. You're all just hanging out because you love one another. And, and, and that's beautiful. I love seeing that. I love seeing that. So I think we're doing pretty good there. And then the last one is revitalized communities. I mean, what do I mean by that? That's kind of a broad word, but does, does the community look different because we're here? You know, there's, there's, there's a, a book I read that talked about if, you, if your church ceased to be, would anybody miss it? Would the community miss it? Would the block even miss it? Would the people around you miss it? Are we making a difference in the community around us? Are, are people, are, do people know that Waterhouse Church is a place where they can go and they can get the word of God and that they can have life changed through Jesus Christ? Are, are we a place that, that there, are we a people? Let me rephrase that. Are we a people that go out and change the community around us? Are we revitalizing? Are we bringing things to life wherever we go? Are we walking around bringing life into the community? I think we are. I think we do a pretty good job at that. We serve at Center of Hope. And at the Center of Hope, the, the lady that does the volunteers, she talks to me every time I go in. She's like, oh, you're Waterhouse Church? And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, man, she goes, I love it when you guys come because you pray with these people. You actually pray with them. And I'm not knocking any other church that comes in, but she's like, she goes, I can tell that your people love to pray. Your people love to really share the gospel with people. She goes, most, most people just come in and they kind of help people out and give them what they need, but you give them a word. You give them Jesus. And she goes, thank you so much for that. And, she, and, and this last Christmas uh, celebration they had, they asked us specifically to come be the praying partners, to come and pray for those people that come up. And we had lines and lines of cars. We, I don't know how many cars we had, like 300 cars come through Center Hope and get uh, supplies and get Christmas and get trees and all this stuff. And, and 
after they registered, it was us praying for these people. We walked to their car, whether we, they wanted it or not, we prayed for them. <laughs> some people wanted it, some people, not very many, but they're like, eh, all right. I still prayed for them because they need to know that God loves them and that God, God wants to just change their life. And so thank you, guys. I really believe we're doing that. And I really believe we're going to do that even more and more and more moving forward. I'm excited about it. I'm looking forward to it. And we can't back down. But to do more, to, to hold more, to, to really hold on to that double blessing, that double portion that God wants to pour out to us, there's going to be a stretching, right? There's got to be a capacity shift in each and every one of us. And, and in this church, and I'm telling you, maybe today, I'm going to bring this to a personal word for you today. Maybe God has put something on your heart. Maybe God has, has placed something in you, and he's saying, I want to do this in your life. But you're just, you don't have the capacity for it yet. You're almost there, and I'm waiting to pour it out. And he's telling you today, you're going to stretch a little bit so that you can hold it. You've got to stretch a little bit so you can hold it. So how do we do that? Well, God it reminds the people of Israel how they can hold on to that double portion. Because he said, I'm going to do something amazing through your nation. I'm going to do something amazing through you Israelites. I'm going to bring the Messiah through you, and we're going to expand this kingdom. And, and people are going to come from all walks of life, all over the nations. All the nations are going to come to you through Jesus Christ. And, and we look in Isaiah chapter 54, and we're going to be in that passage today. Isaiah 54 says this. And he's talking to the people of Jerusalem. Seeing, O childless woman, you have never given birth. Break into loud and joyful song, O Jerusalem, you have never been in labor. For a desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home, spare no expense, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendants will occupy other nations and resettled in the ruined cities. So God's telling his people here, you, you think you're in captivity. You think I've, I've forgotten you. You think I'm done with you. And, and if you read Isaiah 53, that's the, that's the passage about Jesus. That whole passage is about Jesus. And it comes to four and he's, he's reminding the people. Isaiah is giving this prophecy saying, you're going to expand. God's going to do so much through you. You can't explain it. You're going to be bursting through the seams. You're going to have so many people in your household that you won't believe it through Jesus. And so Jesus tells these, these people to do this first, to sing, to rejoice. You don't see it yet, but God's going to do it. And I'm telling you, the very first thing that we can do to stretch ourselves, to get some capacity to hold on to the things that God wants to give us, is this, simply praise before the miracle happens. Sometimes you got to praise in faith. Sometimes you got to worship in faith. I say this a lot around here. Sometimes you sing because you believe it, and sometimes you sing until you believe it. You know, some, we got to step out in faith and we got to grab hold of what God has for you. And, I'm, and this is a silly example I'm about to give you, but my dog was really sick. And I sent it out on Facebook. I'm like, hey, I love this dog. It's a little wiener dog. You know, they're cute. I love my dog. And I'm like, we went to the vet several times and he just wasn't getting better. He was looking really bad. And I kept praying for him and you guys are praying for him. And, and then I'm like, you know what? God, thank you for healing Charlie. Thank you for healing him. Thank you, Lord, that he's going to get up tomorrow and he's going to be better and he's going to be running around, jumping, doing all the things that he loves to do, doing all the dog things. God, thank you for loving me enough to heal my dog. You know, and I was just saying that over Charlie. I was saying that over him. And you know what? The next day he gets up, 
oh my gosh, he's being a stinker like he always is, doing, choosing violence is what we always say about Charlie. <laughs> Chooses violence. And it's like, man, thank you, God, for healing my dog. I can't believe that he loves me enough to heal my dog. You know, I'm like, God, just give us more time. He's 10 years old. I'm like, God, give us five, six, seven more years with this dog. We love him. You know, it's, it's amazing that God cares about us that much. And sometimes we've got to praise ahead of the miracle. Just like, G, just like God was telling these people, it was like, praise you barren women. Praise you without kids. Rejoice. He's saying, basically saying, oh, praise even though you don't have any kids. Praise because even though you don't see it yet. Praise and rejoice even though you're barren. <laughs> even though it feels like God's done with you. Still rejoice, still praise. So the question is, can you praise even when you haven't seen his promise completed? Man, it's easy to give God praise when things are going great and things are going awesome and, and you know, the buildings are full and the offerings are pouring over, you know, as a church. It's, it's easy to give God praise for that, but it's not so easy when you walk in and there's no people. <laughs> when you shut down, there's no offering. You know, I'm, I'm bringing that in a church level, but also in our own lives. It, it's, it's hard to give God praise when you're sick. <laughs> it's hard to give God praise when things aren't going the way you, you think they're supposed to go. It's hard to give God praise when you've just been laid off of work. But when we, we step out and we stop looking with these eyes and start looking and spiritualize and see what God's doing in the kingdom, then we can give God praise, not for what he's done and what he can do, but for who he is. He's the God of the universe. And I think so often we get caught up in what God can do for me or what God has done or won't do for me that we forget to look at God for who he is. And we worship God. We follow God because of who he is. He's already done so much for us. What else can he do? But he still does. Even heal little wiener dogs. He still does so much for, I mean, he's, he's saved our souls. He's given us his son, Jesus, to die for us. What else could we ask for? But yet he still loves us enough to answer even those petty prayers. Well, they're petty to us, but not to him. So we got to rejoice ahead of the, ahead of the, the pain. We got we to gotta give thanks. Because here's the thing, your current condition isn't your future position. Let me say that again. Your current position, your current condition is not your future position. I think so often we see it where we're at now. And we're like, well, that's how it is. That's how it's always going to be. Nothing's going to change in my life. But I'm telling you, when you praise ahead of the miracle, when, when you stretch yourself and you say, God, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for this new job. <laughs> Thank you, God, that I'm, I'm feeling better. Thank you, God, that I'm able to be able to walk again. Thank you, God, for all these things. When you praise ahead of that and you step out in faith and you activate a little faith, it stretches you to receive. Because here's the thing, your current condition is not your future position. Even here, <laughs> this condition we're in right now in the world it's not our future position. You know, it's like we, we, have, we are seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. That's what scripture says. Our position is already in the highest place. So what on earth are we worried about here? Come on, it's, it's, this isn't permanent. It feels permanent, but it's not. It's not. And we can take God's word for it because with God, it's yes 
And amen. 2 Corinthians 1, 19 through 20 says this. For Jesus Christ, the Son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He's not like us. It's like, well, yeah, I said that, but mm, changed my mind. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're saved, but nah, I'm not anymore. You, you messed up too many times. He goes, he does not waver between yes and no. He is the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I, this is Paul talking, preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. He always does what he says for all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ are amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So what does that mean when you praise ahead of the miracle? What, do you, what does that mean when you praise ahead of getting what God wants for you? It's simply agreeing with God. It's saying, amen, Lord. Amen. I'm going to believe. I'm going to say yes to your yes. I'm going to say amen to your amen. God's already spoken into existence. We just have to agree with it. We have to agree with it. And that's what stepping out in faith and, and saying that is it's, it's we're agreeing, saying, yes, Lord, amen. I'm agreeing with the, what you've said. When you give your life to Jesus, when you say yes to Jesus, you're simply saying what God has already spoken over you. You are agreeing with God about who you are. That's, that's that agreement. Yes, God, I am saved by faith. I am saved by your mercy. I'm saved by your son, Jesus Christ. You're simply agreeing with what Jesus has already spoken and what God has already said over you. You're agreeing with him. You're saying yes and amen. And so to step out in faith and to praise is saying yes and amen, God. And here's why. It's because he says it. And this prophecy to Israel and this prophecy to Jerusalem Isaiah is saying, sing, O barren women, sing those who have never given birth, break out into joyful song. You have never been in labor. You're desolate, but God sees you, and he goes this, he goes, do this, says the Lord, the woman who lives with her husband. Now he goes, but the desolate woman now has more children than the woman who lives with her husband, says the Lord. When the Lord says it, you can believe it. If the Lord says it, you can believe it. I'm telling you, some of you think, man, I'm not good enough for God to die for me. I, I, I don't think that God really loves me. I don't, I don't really think all this is really true. I don't think his promises are for me. But I'm telling you, if he says it, he does not waver from yes and no. He does not say, okay, I'm going to revoke some of these promises because I don't like you. It's yes. It's always yes and amen. All we have to do is agree with it. And so can you praise even when you haven't seen the promise completed yet? He tells these people of Israel, rejoice. Even though you don't see it yet, God's going to do a miracle. And then what's our other response? We got to get ready. We got to do the things that we need to do to hold on to what God wants to do. I'm telling you, if God's going to double our capacity this year, if God's going to double our, our portion, we got to do some things. We got to get ready for that portion, right? We, we can't just say, okay, God, pour it all in here. We got we to gotta get ready for it. And he's telling these people, expand your tent, lay out the tent pegs, dig them down deep. Make sure that you can hold on to what God wants to do in, in, in Jerusalem and Israel. He's saying, look, your tent is going to be full. Your house is going to be full. It's going to be bursting through the seams. Get it ready. And I'm telling you, so many of you need to get ready for the thing that God's going to pour into you. It's a step of faith. 
It's a step of faith. Women, if you're having a child, what do you do? You know the child's coming. You don't see it yet. I mean, you have some evidence, right? It's kicking in you and all that stuff. But you go and you go to and you get a room, right? You get the baby's room. You deck it out. You paint it. You pick the colors. You, 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 des- you decide what it's going to look like. You get the crib ready even months in advance. You got your poor husband out there trying to figure out this crib, trying to get everything perfect and ready to receive what's about to come. I'm telling you guys, as believers, we got to get ready to receive what's about to come in your life. You got to get ready. You got to spare no expense is what this says. I love that translation. Spare no expense. Get ready. Get the details ready because God's going to do something amazing. You have to do the work. It's a step of faith. Sometimes God will ask you to do things that just don't make sense. You know, I think of a story uh, in 2 Kings 3.15 through 17. I'll put this passage up for you. But there's these, these kings that are, that are about to go after the king of Moab because he stopped giving sheep, okay? And <laughs> Ahab's son, I think, um, was, was one of the kings that were getting tribute from the Moab king. And he stopped giving tribute, so he goes and calls his, his, uh, his neighbor Jehoshaphat and says, hey, let's go take this guy out because he's not giving tribute and he needs to, you know, he's done. And so they go out to march up against them. They take the long route. They go seven days without water. And so the armies are tired. They're thirsty. They have nowhere to go. And they think about this. They're like, wait a minute. There's a prophet nearby, Elisha. And so they go find the prophet Elisha. And Elisha kind of gives them a hard time. He's like, I don't even like you. Why should I do anything for you? But because Jehoshaphat's here and he's a good king, I'm going to help you out. And so he says this. He goes, I'm going to call me a musician. Call me a harpist. So he gets the music going, you know. It's kind of a climatic part. And he says this to them. He goes, then it happened. When the musician played, the hand of the Lord came upon him. This is Elisha. And he said, thus says the Lord. Number one, you can trust it because thus says the Lord. Make this valley full of ditches. What? Um, God, yeah, Elisha, we've been out here seven days. We're dying of thirst. Our, our animals are dying of thirst. Uh, you want us to go dig ditches? You want us to go do something that doesn't seem like we can do it? And he goes, go dig some ditches because something's about to happen. Prepare for what God's about to do. For thus says the Lord, you shall not see wind, nor shall you see rain, yet the valley shall be filled with water so that you, your cattle, and your animals may drink. It doesn't seem logical, does it? It doesn't seem like it makes sense. And I'm telling you, there's so many times when God does things and he tells you to do something and it just does not make sense. You try to wrap your mind around it. You try to understand it. You try to get, get people around to kind of agree with you. And they're like, no, no, man, that sounds really weird. We can go dig some ditches. What? We're dying of thirst. We need some water now. Sometimes you got to dig a ditch. Sometimes you got to expand your tent. See, because if the Lord says it, he, he's going to do it. You got to get ready for it. If the Lord says he's going to fill it, he's going to fill it. And, and we're not about filling this place with people. We're about filling people with God. <laughs> we're about filling people with the spirit of God so that they can go out and change lives and revitalize communities. And I'm telling you, God has called you to do something amazing. And he's, he's put a spirit in you for a reason, not just to sit in a seat and occupy space. 
He's put a spirit in you so that you may march out like an army and take the kingdom and expand the kingdom of God. Guys, we got, we got, to, we got to get off. You know, one of, our, one of my good friends says, it's Rusty Dusties. We got to get off our Rusty Dusties. And we got to go out and, 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 and engage the world around us. One person's ready. Amen. All right. <laughs> you got to dig a ditch. You got to expand your tents. You got to get ready for what God's going to do, because I believe God's going to do amazing things, not through just us, man. You know, this is a, hey, this is a great thing that, that we're doing as a church, but I'm telling you, there's people in here today, there's guys, there's women, that God has placed something on your heart, something that is just seems so incredibly ridiculous. And it's so outside of who you are. It's so uncomfortable for you. But he's saying, just trust me. Just say thank you. Just say amen. Agree with what I want to do and then go get ready for it. What is that? Maybe you got to buy a suit to go for that interview. <laughs> Maybe you got to make a phone call to somebody that you put off for a long time. Maybe you got to enroll in a class. I don't know what it is, but there's something that you know you got to do to take a step of faith towards that thing that God has called you to do. Just take a step. Take a step. When we changed the name of this church, we had to take a step. Believe me, I thought Warehouse Church was a stupid name too. I'm just being honest. I didn't think, I was like, what? But you know, you know the story, I tell it all the time. It's like, we were looking for change the name and, and uh, we thought about a name that I was in the process of planning a church or tr trying to, like a very start of it. And I already had the name for that church and had everything all laid out and it looked beautiful and looked great. And, and they're like, why don't you do that name? I'm like, I don't know. I just don't feel right. I'm a feeler, you know, just doesn't feel right. Just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like what God wants to do here. I feel like that's for somewhere else. And, you know, so we prayed and we prayed and it, it took me back to this picture of a water tower uh, that I kind of a, a picture that I had when uh, we were at this cohort and the guy doing the cohort says, yeah, I want you to think about the boundaries that God has put in your church. And he goes, what I want you to do is just to think about where God wants you to reach into your community and ask God to show you your boundaries. Okay. So, you know, I, I pray, I'm like, God, show me the boundaries. And then he goes, just imagine yourself going up above the church and kind of seeing the lay of the land around the community and ask God where, where you want us to focus. I'm like, okay, God can do that. And so immediately he takes me to this water tower in the middle of a field. No people, no animals, nothing. And all I see is this water tower. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's weird. You know, I'm like, God, you call me to roll our ministry. You want me to go out in the middle of nowhere and preach to cows? Okay. <laughs> and, you know, I just tried to hold on to it. I tried to explain it. I tried to understand it. But then I just held on to it for years. I even came uh, here to the, the, the pastor that was before me, my mentor, uh, Pastor Curtis. And I said, hey, man, this is the vision I got. That's weird. He was like, yeah, that's uh, kind of strange. I was like, okay. He's like, yeah. And so, you know, when we were praying for this church, the new church name, that, that vision kept popping up. That picture of that water tower kept popping up, popping up. And I'm like, so God, nobody's going to go to water tower church. That just sounds weird. And so, you know, we kept praying about it and it wouldn't go away. It kept, you know, it's, it's there. And so I kept praying about it and 
Eventually, I started looking up some other alternatives for that name, and it's like Waterhouse. Okay, same, same concept, same idea, you know, like a water tower in the community. It gives water to all the community around it. Like it pours out, it gets pressurizes, you know, and pushes out. That's what we're called to do as a church, to go out and to, and to, and to send the Spirit of God into the community. And I'm like, okay, Waterhouse, I can, do, I can deal with that. That sounds, got, that sounds a little better. And so we move forward with a name change. We move forward with, with a new governance system, and we, we voted on it, and it passed. And I was excited about it. I was scared. I was terrified, not knowing what God was going to do. And, and then a few months later, we find out that they're building this water tower right next to us. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, God, I got you. You know, sometimes God has to put a 200-foot reminder that he's got things in order. You know, and, and I'm telling you, sometimes you, you walk away, I walk away from church or walk away from something. I'm like, God, I don't know if I can do this anymore. And I, I pull up here and there's that 200-foot reminder. Oh, God, all right, we'll keep going. We'll keep pushing. We keep doing. I'm just going to move out in faith. You know, and we're about to do this expansion. We're, we're going to join these two buildings together. And there's some pictures back there of what we think it's going to look like when it's done. And and it's a huge project for us. It's more than we've ever done. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at the finances, and I'm looking at all the evidence, and I'm looking at all this other stuff, and I'm like, God, it's going to be tough. I'm like, okay, if we can cut here, you know, I'll talk to the staff, and we won't take any money for the next, you know, two years, three years. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, and so I'm trying to make it all work. And the staff's like, what? I didn't talk about that. But I'm trying to make it all work and try to fit in my box, right? And God's saying, no, 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 no. You let me handle that. I just want you to stretch. I just want you to hold, to get ready for what I'm about to do. I'm going to put something inside this church body, not the building, but the people. And the people of this church are going to change the community. I believe that. I believe that with all my heart, that this church is going to be a beacon for the community through the people. And I can't wait to see what God's going to do. But we got to get ready. We got to praise ahead of it. We got to worship ahead of it. The day we did the vote on if we're going to finance this thing or not, I just I, I sat over there where the buildings are going to be and I just kind of walked through every little room that's supposed to be there, even the bathrooms. And I started thanking God. I'm like, thank you God. Thank you, God, for the, and I just kind of walked out with it. Thank you, God, for the offices that we're going to sit in and we're going to make new plans and we're going to come up with new ideas. And thank you, God, for the staff that you have given to me. And God, thank you for, for this office that I'm going to have conversations with, with, with people and, and their lives are going to be changed. God, thank you for the, for the marriage counseling that I'm doing here. Thank you for the people that I'm going to be able to talk to. And then I started walking through the bathrooms like, God, thank you for the extra bathrooms that actually work. God, thank you. Thank you, God. And I started walking through the foyer. I'm like, thank you, God, for the conversations that are going to happen in this foyer. Thank you, God, for the people that are going to come in and, and they're going to feel loved and they're going to feel appreciated and they're going to feel like they're valued, God. Thank you for the people that are going to be in here and, and the, the God conversations that are going to happen in this foyer. And I walk into the youth space and I'm like, God, thank you for the youth that are going to come alive in this place. Thank you for the youth that are going to walk into Jesus and meet Jesus face to face through here, God. Thank you for that. It's going ahead of what's, it's just not there yet. But God's already spoke it. 
We just got to say yes and amen. I'm telling you, in your life, God is saying to you, I'm going to do this thing in your life. And you've been like, I don't know. I want you just today to say yes and amen. I agree with you, God. And I'm going to take a step of faith and I'm going to walk into it. Amen. Man, I know God's going to do it. I know God can do it. God's got so much for us. I think I have another passage up there. If you want to pull it up, I don't have my notes. Isaiah 58. And this is really what I feel like this whole, this, this building project and what God's going to do in the future of, of this church and through his people. You know, I read this passage and it just like came alive in my heart. And this is, and, and, and I want to tell you why, because it says this in Isaiah 58, if you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, Come on, if you do what I want you to do, if, if, you, if you seek justice, if you take care of the community around you, then sh- your light, then shall your light rise in the darkness and your gloom be as the noonday. I mean, you're going to shine in your, in your community. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire in scorched places and make your bones strong. You need some strong bones. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. And your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise the foundations of many generations. When I read that, I'm like, God, God, let us raise a foundation for many generations. Let's get past ourselves and what God wants to do right here now and start looking forward to what God wants to do through our children and our grandchildren. You know, God may come back before then. Jesus may come back before then. But I'm going to step out in faith and I'm going to build a better future for them. Let's build a foundation that they can stand on. Let's not, I'm not going to rail. I'm going to be quiet. I'm not going to, I'm not going. Raise the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to dwell in. You know, we're connecting these two buildings. We're, we're, we're restoring that breach. We're connecting them. And it's just a building thing, but there's something powerful about that. It's like us going and connecting with the community around us. It's us going and, and doing what God's called us to do. And I'm telling you, man, this, these two years have been amazing, and I can't wait to see what God's going to do. And I'm so glad that you guys stuck with us. I'm so glad that I stuck with this. You know, and I'm, I'm so thankful, so thankful for all of you who come. And, man, you put your hours in, and you your blood, sweat, and tears into making this happen and just setting an environment where people can come and hear about Jesus. People can come and know that they're cared for. They're loved. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I just appreciate that so much. So praise ahead. Even though you don't see it, praise ahead. And then do something. Take a step of faith today. That's all you got to do. And let God do the rest. That's all he's asking you to do. Say, agree with me and take a step. That's all you got to do. Amen. Amen. If I get the worship team to come up, we're going to get ready to do a baptism or two. I don't see the other person here yet, but, and I want to challenge you today. Um, If you haven't been baptized, you haven't had the opportunity to do that. We can do that today. And you're like, well, I didn't bring any clothes. We got clothes. Don't worry about that. We got towels. 
Here's the thing about baptism. It's a symbol of our faith in Jesus Christ. It's, it's, it's recognizing what Christ has done in our life, and it's identifying with his death and his resurrection. That's, what, that's why we get baptized. It's a proclamation of my faith. It's a proclamation saying, Lord, I'm identifying with your death. The old self is dead. The new self has risen. The new life in Christ. We're all new. Jesus says, I have come to make things new. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And that, to become new, something has to die. And so that's why we, we do this act of baptism. And I'm so excited that we've got to do so many baptisms together. And I can't wait to do even more. It's a huge celebration about baptism. And so I think they're going to get all the kids over. And then we're going to have a big after party and, and a little celebration about uh, some the two years that God has, has done here. And there's some cake back there. It's going to be awesome. And... Uh,